You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, today's edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch the game. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. And I know that I had to down quite a few Pepsis to keep me up through this late night Monday night football matchup against the Denver Broncos that was less than pretty for the Tennessee Titans, but they were able to pull out a big victory in their opening matchup in Denver where they historically have struggled. And I'm going to break down exactly how the Titans were able to do that, start off today's show with a game recap, and go step-by-step throughout the game to show you exactly how the Titans were able to pull out a victory from the Jaws of defeat. And then we will talk about some individual performances from the Titans players and everyone's favorite segment, Tighten Up and Tighten Down. I will hand out my individual awards for the game and we will wrap up today's show going over the other results from the AFC South so we know where the Titans stand within the division going into a Week 2 matchup against Jacksonville. So a lot to talk about on today's show. Later this week, we will have my Tic Tac Titans film breakdown going over the X's and O's of how the Titans were able to pull off this victory in Denver. And also we will have the famous crossover Thursday conversation with my guy from Locked On Jaguars, Tony Wiggins. So a lot coming up this week on the Locked On Titans podcast. Make sure that you are subscribed on Apple Podcast, following on Spotify, or whatever platform you do stream. Also, follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans so you do not miss that film breakdown later this week. But we have a major victory to break down on opening night. It wasn't pretty, but the Tennessee Titans get the job done. I'm going to break it all down today on the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it. Tennessee Titans capped off opening week in the NFL with a 16-14 victory over the Denver Broncos on the road on Monday Night Football in what would not be described as the cleanest game the Titans have ever played. The Titans started out the game not looking very sharp. They committed a ton of penalties early on, including an ejection for Titans starting linebacker Rashawn Evans after he punched a Denver Bronco in the face. A stupid mistake mistake from Rashawn Evans. One, there is more likelihood that you do damage to yourself than the other player when punching a man who's wearing a helmet. And then also, Rashawn Evans could receive even further punishment from the league 
after his ejection from Monday night's game. The Titans followed up Evans' ejection on defense with a stop, but it led directly to the first of many missed field goals for Titans kicker Steven Goskowski on the night. The missed field goal then turned directly into a red zone touchdown for Denver Broncos tight end Noah Fant. The Denver Broncos were missing star wide receiver Cortland Sutton, which made it obvious that Noah Fant would be Drew Locke's number one target in the red zone. Unfortunately, the Titans were not prepared and gave up an opening score to the Broncos, allowing them to go up 7 to nothing. But when things are most bleak for the Tennessee Titans, after another 3 and out, the playmaker known as Kevin Byer, the Titans' safety, was able to change the tide. He caused a fumble, which was recovered by Titans defensive lineman Jeffrey Simmons. The Titans were able to turn that momentum that Byard created into a solid offensive drive, their first solid offensive drive of the night, and were able to culminate that drive with a Michael Pruitt touchdown in the end zone where the Titans took advantage of the Broncos linebackers with play action in man coverage. The Titans tie up the game 7-7. to The Broncos then respond with a good drive, get down to the goal line where the Titans once again in what has become a pattern for this defense coming from 2019 into 2020. The Titans were able to make a goal line stand with Jeffrey Simmons making the play on fourth down and stopping a shovel pass to a Broncos tight end on the goal line. The Titans then drive all the way down the field and once again Steven Goskowski misses a field goal, his second miss of the night and the Titans kicking woes from 2019 appear to have followed them in into 2020 as well as that defensive goal line success. The Titans go into halftime 7-7 tied with the Denver Broncos. Coming out of halftime into the third quarter, though, we saw the Tennessee Titans offense of 2019. Two long drives in the third quarter, one six and a half minutes that resulted in the third missed field goal of the day for Steven Goskowski, and then next, a touchdown on a seven-minute drive to cap off the third quarter with Jonu Smith receiving the touchdown pass from Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill's second touchdown pass of the day, and once again, the Titans targeting the Broncos linebackers with their tight ends on play action in the red zone. The Titans went into the fourth quarter and it started a tad bit shaky. They gave up a touchdown to the Denver Broncos, their only truly successful drive of the second half, four and a half minutes culminating in a Melvin Gordon rushing touchdown. The Titans then responded with two three and outs in a row and the offense looked very bleak at that time but the Titans defense responded as well holding the Broncos to two punts in the second half and then with the game on the line the Titans were able to drive down the field as the clock ticked away surprisingly Denver Broncos head coach Vic Fangio did not take any timeouts to save the Broncos enough time and with 20 seconds left in the game Titans kicker Steven Goskowski after after missing three field goals and an extra point, gets his redemption and sinks a field goal from 25 yards out to give the Titans the lead 16-14. to The Titans would not let go of that lead on the Broncos' final drive with 17 minutes left, and the Titans leave Denver 1-0 after what can be considered a very sloppy performance. 
At the end of the day, though, when you can step out of the emotion of the battle, you take a look at the Titans' performance. The Broncos have historic success early in the season at home. The Titans, as a franchise, hadn't beaten Denver going all the way back to the Oiler days, the last time they were able to do that in Denver. So the Titans had some history against them, also with the unusual offseason, which hindered all teams, of course. The unusual offseason is going to lead to more sloppy play early on the Titans were traveling in this scenario so with everything considered one thing that kept coming back to my mind after the Titans secured that victory is good teams good teams find a way to win games against teams they should beat when they don't play well and the Titans did not play well tonight a lot of things went wrong for them but they're a good football team and they found a way to win and that's something very important when it comes down to the goals that the Titans have for the season in terms of winning their division hosting a playoff game and then possibly getting to a Super Bowl so the Titans did not play well like I said it was a sloppy game they weren't very sharp but at the end of the day good teams find a way to win even when they don't play well so nice to see the Titans be able to take that step, but we are going to dive even deeper into this game and look at some individual performances and everybody's favorite segment, Tighten Up and Tighten Down. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll learn from the league best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques, learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive, and you can go back and re-watch that Titans victory over the Denver Broncos with NFL Game Pass as well. So go to NFL.com slash Game Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never sleeps. Tighten up, tighten down. So I was reading that NFL Game Pass ad and I noticed the end of it is Uh, where football never sleeps. Well, you know who else never sleeps? Me, the host of the show. It is 2.23 a.m. in the morning right now. I have to get up in about four hours, but I am way too excited to continue to break down this game and go over my individual accolades, both good and bad, and tighten up and tighten down. So I want to start off with the negatives here, kind of get those out of the way so we can get into some of the more positives. Although, although he was able to get his redemption at the end of the game, clearly, 
Steven Goskowski is a Titan down. That one 25-yard field goal chippy give me at the end should be an automatic field goal. The first three that he missed were all 40 yards. That's a very common field goal in the NFL right now. He missed an extra point as well, which was a huge issue with Goskowski last year when he went 11 for 15 on the extra points that he got to attempt. So I still consider Goskowski a Titan down despite him getting his revenge at the end. The Titans, even though they won this game on a field goal, cannot feel confident about the kicking situation going forward. Deja vu all over again for the Titans in the kicking department. When can Brett Kern get a shot? I mean, at this point, whatever. Give him a shot to kick field goals too. Another Titan down. I I know that they got things going a little bit later in the game, and ultimately Derrick Henry had over 100 yards, but for most of the game, the Titans' offensive line was not getting a lot of push. Derrick Henry had over 30 carries to get to, you know, his over 100 yards, his 116 rushing yards. That's 3.7 yards per carry on the day, so have to give a Titan down to not Derrick Henry alone, but Derrick Henry and the offensive line group, although they were able to amass a solid day on the ground, they weren't as efficient or as effective, and it caused the Titans a lot of problems on offense early in the game and late in the game because the Titans kind of had to, although they were getting yards in the ground game, they weren't super effective. They weren't gashing the Broncos defense. The Broncos were containing the run pretty well. And that led to the Titans not having such big openings in play action where Corey Davis was able to take advantage. But we will get to that in the Titan up. So another Titan down, got two more here, two more Titan, well, three more Titan downs, I guess I will say. Got a two and a half Titan downs. The next one, the obvious one, most obvious Titan down of the game is Rashawn Evans. As I mentioned in the first segment, just an absolutely stupid mistake from Evans. One, you're going to punch a guy with a helmet on? There is a better chance you hurt yourself than you hurt the guy that you're mad at. Two, You're going to hurt your team for this game, getting yourself ejected. Three, you're going to hurt your pocketbooks because you get fined for an ejection like that. And then four, there's a chance that because Rashawn Evans, you could call it a slap, you could call it a strike, you could call it a punch. That was a closed fist strike. And the league may take that very serious. And since this is the first incidence of that happening this season, they might throw the book at Rashawn and suspend him for two more games. So just a a, a really, really boneheaded mistake from Rashawn Evans there. Love the intensity that he plays with, but... Uh, that that's an unacceptable mistake from Evans there, no matter what. And uh, hopefully the NFL, because he was ejected so early in the game, hopefully they'll consider that time served. The last Titan down for me, and uh, a little mini rant here, is Khalif Raymond. Khalif Raymond was a darling of the offseason, of course, a limited offseason with limited contact. He is a tiny guy out there. He had two drops. Every time he got hit on special teams in a return, I thought he wasn't going to get up. He's just so slight out there compared to the other NFL players. I don't know how you can count on him long term. And I think what we learned tonight, and maybe it's an overreaction to one game, but I think that throughout his career, we've seen this be true. Khalif Raymond is a deep threat. 
He's a guy you can take a shot play to, can stretch the defense. He is not going to be a guy you can rely on to have possession catches on important uh, short to intermediate downs and distances. He had two drops tonight and uh, just obviously proved that he's a fourth wide receiver and no more. There are some people out there who were saying that he was the third best receiver on the team, the third best or the best third wide receiver in the NFL absolute nonsense. He's not the third best wide receiver on the team, and he's not even an every down wide receiver, quite frankly. He's a he's a gadget guy, uh, a returner, and the Titans need to make sure that they don't put too much on his plate going forward, and if that means somebody like Cam Batson gets back on the, on the active roster to get a chance in that spot, then so be it, but uh, it's obvious that Khalif Raymond isn't necessarily living up to some of the expectations that were hoisted on him during the offseason, but the half Titan down that I had was Jadavian Clowney in the second half. So it was obvious to me, and this goes for the entire defensive line, it was obvious to me that the Titans' defensive line started wearing down in the second half due to the limited offseason, the conditioning not being there without preseason games, and then also, of course, the altitude. That is a major factor when you play in Denver, not only early in the season, but anytime. So especially early in the season when guys aren't in great football shape, especially after a limited offseason when guys are even in less football shape. So that took its toll on the Titans defensive line late in the game. They weren't getting a ton of pressure, but luckily Drew Locke missed a few throws and then Harold Landry had a pressure on Drew Locke late in the game in the fourth quarter that got the Titans off the field on defense that was super critical. So when it mattered most Harold Landry was there but in the second half Clowney especially who was very active in the first half Clowney especially in the second half seemed to disappear along with some of the Titans defensive line and their abilities but I attribute that to to stamina and dealing with that altitude and the elevation there in Denver but that leads me into our Titan ups let's put on a happy face Titan fans and talk about some positives here the positive I want to start with going off that last Titan down is Clowney in the first half. I don't know if they credited him with a sack there on the on the Drew Lock where he you know was a fumble. He kind of laid down. I think they're going to give Clowney a sack on that. Haven't seen the official statistic yet. Could just be a tackle for loss depending on how they rule that with the score but really like to see that from Jadavian Clowney and yeah what I'm seeing here they did not give him a sack on that. They gave him a tackle for loss so Clowney was everywhere. He was playing middle linebacker at points and times during the first half, blitzing up the A-gaps. He was coming off the edge. His aggressiveness got him beat and got the Titans in a bad spot a few times on runs where he flushed too far up the field. But overall, really liked his activity level, really liked his disruptiveness in the first half. Just uh, have to get him to give that kind of ability and give that kind of effort throughout the entire game. But I don't think it's, it's his effort level. I think that it's the altitude and conditioning things that are playing into that with the entire defensive line. But First half Clowney was awesome to watch, super disruptive. On the defensive side of the ball still, Kevin Byard, once again, when the Titans need it most, Byard always makes a play. When things are down in the dumps, it's looking like the team can't do anything right. Kevin Byard always makes a play. He forced the fumble in the first half that led to the Titans' first touchdown. Um, 
what else can you say about the mayor of Murfreesboro, the leader for the Titans team? When it mattered most, Kevin Byard stepped up, made the turnover, led the team with eight tackles on the day as well, almost had the interception to seal the game late in the fourth quarter on a diving attempt. So nothing more to say. Byard had a little bit of struggles in, in coverage against Fant early on, but the Titans erased Noah Fant in the second half of the game. Really impressive there to be able to adjust at halftime, but that's something that the Titans always do. One other thing I want to mention about the defense as a Titan up is you look at the Denver Broncos possessions in the second half. They had six possessions in the second half, a total of 10 minutes of possession in those six drives, and four and a half minutes of that possession came on their lone touchdown drive at the beginning of the fourth quarter. So that means five possessions in the second half for the Broncos resulted in five and a half minutes of possession. It's about a minute per possession there for the Broncos in the second half. The Titans completely shut them down outside of that fourth quarter touchdown drive to start out the fourth quarter. So shouts to the defense in the second half. They were great last year adjusting at halftime. Think about that Raiders game when it was 21-21. The Titans shut them out and then scored 21 on their own in the second half. Things like that showed up all year last year in 2019, showing up again for the Titans here. A great second half from the defense. They really limited the Broncos and other than that touchdown drive, was really impressed with what they were able to do with that altitude and with those conditioning issues that they had to deal with. So let's move to the offensive side of the ball. Number one, Ryan Tannehill. He was carried. Tannehill had a great game, 29 for 43, 249 yards, two touchdowns. The Titans weren't very efficient on the ground for most of the game, and Tannehill really had to step up when it mattered most in complete passes. He was able to do that at the end of the game and lead the Titans down to a potential victory that Goskowski was able to seal with that made field goal, his only made field goal of the day. Tannehill was having success because he was finding his targets. Corey Davis, seven catches, 101 yards, his first 100-yard game since week 10 in 2018, a contract year for Corey Davis. It was a question whether or not he would play in the game before kickoff because he was dealing with some injuries on his lower body, the hamstring, of course, but Davis was able to play and was magnificent for the Titans on those play-action crossers over the middle early in the game and some catches late for the Titans as well. Jonu Smith, four catches, 36 yards, a touchdown, really effective getting the ball short routes and then using his run-after-catch ability. And then also... I'm going to give a a half, a half tighten up to the other two Titans wide receivers. Adam Humphrey, six catches, 47 yards. I said on Twitter that Adam Humphreys not only has had a, a rough start to his career with injuries with the Titans, but every time he has a catch in his entire Titans career, it seems like he has to avoid not only the defense, but homicide. I mean, every time Adam Humphreys gets a catch, he gets crushed. Six catches, 47 yards, not a massive day, but really made some catches when it counted for the Titans to move the sticks a star in his role. And then A.J. Brown, in my opinion, was clearly injured throughout a lot of the game, clearly banged up, but five catches for 39 yards, a couple physical catches. So those two just stepped up 
when they needed to step up, even if they weren't massive games. But Corey Davis, seven catches, 101 yards. Jonu Smith, four catches, 36 yards in that valuable touchdown at the end of the game. A, a really solid performance from the Titans receiving core, their pass catchers, even if it wasn't a, a blowout day statistically. So that's the Titan up and the Titan down. We are going to cap off tonight's show, heading into a 3 a.m. dismount, talking about the other members of the AFC South and our song of the AFC South recap taking a look at the other Titans division rivals performances over opening weekend. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's basically impossible for a chain store to stock all of the parts that you may need, so why endure often pointless searches and seemingly intimidating questioning about what kind of car you have or what model and all these makes, and then wait for a counterman to order the parts, and maybe they don't even have them in stock, you gotta wait for it to be delivered, just cut out the middleman and go to rockauto.com, you have access right now at home or in your pocket. Chain stores also have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. At rockauto.com, the prices are always the same for everybody and reliably low. And here's the thing, they have everything from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, anything you need for your classic or your daily driver. And rockauto.com is a family business that has been serving auto parts customers online line for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that I sent you. Make sure you write locked on in the how did you hear about us box right underneath your shipping information. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com gotta be honest, I cannot believe that the Titans were able to pull off that victory with how that game went. I got such strong vibes of the Miami Massacre, the opening game from 2018 that is the NFL record for the longest football game ever. I mean, everything that could go wrong was going wrong. Uh, It seemed like the Titans offense just couldn't get in rhythm. Drew Locke had some good moments. You were worried about that. The field goals. Jonathan Joseph got injured. Rashawn Evans ejected. Taylor Lewan got injured for a moment. I mean, things just looked so bleak for most of the game. Again, back to my point at the end of segment one. Good teams. Good teams find a way to win these games. So, just really impressed with the Titans' ability to to pull out a victory there when things were just going against them as much as they possibly could. Uh, Another big shout-out to Ryan Tannehill. I mean, what a game for Tannehill. Um, Had some shaky moments, some pocket presence issues, taking a sack here and there, almost had an interception, but, man, when it mattered most, he let him right down the field, right for a field goal attempt to win the game. So, big shout-out to Tannehill once again. A good team finding a way to win when they didn't play well. So, big appreciation there. But let's talk about the other results from the AFC South in our Song of the AFC South recap here. Let's talk, first of all, about the Houston Texans. And the Houston Texans played the defending champion, 
Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not going to crush them for losing 34-20 to on opening night in the Super Bowl championship reveal, the rings, everything that goes into the ceremony on opening night for the Super Bowl champion. Hard to blame the Texans for losing that game, but man, the way that they lost it looked really banged up in the secondary. David Johnson looked okay running the ball, but nothing that I'm concerned about. The Texans' offensive line was a disaster, especially their right tackle, Tyus Howard, was getting roasted all game. And quite honestly, taking a look at the Texans on offense, they could use a real number one wide receiver. (laughs) I mean, that's the reality at the end of the day. They got a bunch of number twos and number threes out there at wide receiver, nobody that could consistently get on the same page with Deshaun Watson. It felt like Watson was running for his life throughout that game. So the Texans don't have a lot of guys who are just going to be able to get open on their own without the benefit of having uh, DeAndre Hopkins pulling the attention away from them. And the Texans' offensive line, quite frankly, isn't good enough to sustain success in the run game or give Deshaun Watson consistently enough time to to get those guys a decent pass since they're not getting adequate separation. So I still think the Texans are going to be a formidable team. I had them getting that last wild card spot in the AFC. Uh, don't feel as confident in that now, but I do still think that that could be the case. But the Texans, in my mind, really got a lot worse over the offseason, and although a loss to Kansas City doesn't nail that coffin, uh, I still think that that was evident by some of the things that we saw in that game. Moving to the more interesting game for me, I told you guys all offseason, I told everyone that would listen, the Colts aren't that good. Now, I don't think they're, as everyone wants to, you know, throw dirt on their grave. I still think the Colts will be a competitive team, uh, 7-9, and 8-8, eight eight, maybe 6-10 and ten if things go awry, but Phillip Rivers had two interceptions. He should have had a third interception. The Colts don't have anybody who's special at wide receiver. T.Y. Hilton's older. Paris Campbell's good, but he's not a stud. Michael Pittman Jr. is a rookie. They still played Zach Pascal a lot. Jack Doyle, come on, give me a break here. Serviceable guy, but he's not someone you got a game plan against. The Colts don't have anybody special as a playmaker. They lost Marlon Mack. The offensive line didn't look fantastic. They still looked good, but they didn't look fantastic. On the other side of the ball, the Colts' interior defensive line got mollywopped. Grover Stewart was terrible in the game. The Jaguars' Interior offensive line, I thought, did pretty well against DeForest Buckner as well. The Colts, like I said about their skill position players, they don't have anybody of note in the secondary. Rakia Sin, Xavier Rhodes, Kenny Moore, Kari Willis, Malik Hooker, nobody making plays. Darius Leonard is pretty good, and like I said, Buckner is pretty good, but Autry is terrible in run defense. Grover Stewart was terrible in run defense. Justin Houston is older. He's not known as a run defender right now anyways. So I just don't see what everybody got so excited about with the Colts. Phillip Rivers gave them a proper introduction into what he's like as a quarterback. A really great game for the most part, except two turnovers that really hurt his team and didn't get the job done when it mattered most. Hello, Phillip Rivers. Enjoy that Indianapolis Colts. Moving to the Jaguars. The Jaguars looked all right. Garner Minshew 19 of 20. That was pretty incredible. But again, 
I wasn't impressed by what the Jaguars did. I thought that their wide receivers are not stellar, but they're still better than the Colts secondary, so they were able to get open. James Robinson had a decent day, but nothing special. I didn't see anything special from him. He's just another guy as a running back. And on defense, C.J. Henderson had a good day in his rookie debut, but other than that, nothing special from the Jaguars secondary. Miles Jack had a pretty good day. Their defensive line was a little bit more stout than I expected, but the Jaguars are a bad team. They're not a good team, and that showed up on tape as well. I think the big shocker here is just that the Colts really aren't that great of a team either, but not a shocker to me. Anyway, that kind of wraps things up. Right now, the Titans are 1-0, and leading tied with the Jaguars going into a game in week two where they face off at home against Jacksonville. So the Titans have to handle business next week and they'll be leading the AFC South, which hopefully they're able to do wire to wire throughout this season. But a a big game against Jacksonville. My big takeaway here is Jacksonville, if they were coming off a loss, they would be hungry, they would be motivated. But Jacksonville may be feeling good about themselves after beating the offseason darling Colts, and that could play right into the Titans' hand after the Titans played a very sloppy game, and the Jags played uh, probably one of their better games of the year. So hopefully that means the Titans can come out and dominate the Jags as they are wont to do. But that is going to do it for me today. That's going to wrap up Song of the AFC South. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Tic Tac Titans film breakdown coming later in the week. Our Watch Wednesday, a, a, a new segment idea for a new day for me going into this 2020 season with kind of the schedule shuffling that took place with Crossover Thursdays coming on Thursday. And speaking of that, I love talking to Tony Wiggins from Locked On Jags. He's one of the OG members of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm going to be talking to him on Thursday in our next edition of Crossover Thursday. So film breakdowns coming this week, talking more about the scheme and the X's and O's of the game. Crossover Thursday, another game preview on Friday. The NFL season is now in full swing, so make sure that you are locked in to the Locked On Titans podcast on whatever platform you stream, and follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans as well for additional content, including the visual version of my Tic Tac Titan film breakdowns, but that is going to do it for me today, Titans fans, 3 a.m., but I'm still hyped from a week one Titans victory on Monday Night Football. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans. Titans.